it's lovely to see everyone and I'm hoping to catch up with everyone after the service. Um, give me one second, just going to go to the next. Yeah. So yeah, so um, I'm going to be preaching today on um, the golden rule and just following on in the series that um, has already been started, which is the Rhythm series. Um, and um, and our text today is going to be from Matthew 7, verse 12, which I'm going to read in a little bit. Um, so we're still in the Rhythm series, and we're basically looking at the Sermon on the Mount, which is a collection of Jesus's famous teachings. Um, and um, what Jesus was trying to do with this sermon really was to teach us as his disciples and his followers about the kingdom of God, which is his rule and his lordship in our lives and over the earth as well. And essentially, he was giving us the blueprint of what our lives should look like as we follow him. And what Jesus was teaching was radically different from what religion looked like in those days, and actually sometimes in our day as well. You see, the Pharisees and the religious people, um, they were more content with looking good and displaying their righteousness, you know, priding themselves in what they did right and ticking all the boxes. But actually, when it came to their hearts, there was actually no heart or character change. And so right at the beginning of Jesus's ministry, he's addressing that. And he's actually drawing our hearts back to the heart of God. And, you know, God is more concerned about our hearts and the, the posture and the condition of our hearts than he is concerned about our deeds. And so as we look through the sermon, and I know that we've, you know, this is the 10th, um, what I say, not episode, but the, the, the 10th sort of preach in this series. And so I've, as we've looked through it and I've caught up, you know, with fasting and with praying, you know, God is looking at what our heart is like, the condition of our hearts, rather than it just be another thing that we do. And so as we look into our text today in Matthew 7, verse 12, and I'm just going to read it, it says this, it says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And I want to read this um, with another, in another passage, um, also in Matthew, that Jesus, where Jesus was speaking. And he says this, he says, um, Matthew 22, 36 to 40. And one of them, an expert in the law, tested Jesus with this question. And they said, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All of the laws and all of the prophets hang on these two commandments. Another version of that says the entire law, the demands of the law and the prophets are based on these two commandments. And that's big, isn't it? That every law, every instruction, every command that we've ever received from God, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, to the ones that we will receive as we work, you know, walk with him in our Christian journey, is actually based on two things, that we would love God and that we would love others. But if we're honest and we look at our lives, you know, how much emphasis do we place on loving God? You know, is it a priority in our lives? You know, do, if, you know, do our lives show that these things are important to us? And so really quickly, you know, looking at these two texts that I've read above, I want to show us just three ways, you know, that we, we as citizens of God's kingdom can live out our love and actually what love looks like in the context of the kingdom of God. And so my first point is that love is our foundation. 
So as Christians, love is our starting point. It's our motive, and it's the center of everything that we do and everything that we are. Any good work that we do or any spiritual heights that we attain that isn't rooted in love, in God's eyes, is actually meaningless. It means nothing. And that can be really hard to swallow, isn't it? Because for a lot of us, we might not always start with love. It might not always be our motive, not because we don't want to, but actually just because we're not conscious of it. And Paul realized this. And so in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, speaking to the church in Corinth, he said this. He said, if I speak in tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gifts of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. So, you know, as Christians, more often than not, you know, these things listed above, giving to the poor, building up our faith, you know, building up our, developing the gifts of the, that God has given us, the Holy Spirit gives us, they're not bad, but actually, if our motive for attaining them, if our reason behind wanting to do them isn't rooted in love, then actually they amount to nothing. And so following Christ really is a life of, is, 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 our, is a, sorry, following Christ is about living a life of love. You know, Paul says it in Galatians as well, that if you're a follower of Christ, all that matters is your love, is your faith that makes you love others. And I think that sometimes as Christians, this is where we may get it backwards because we want to reflect love. We want to show love, but actually we're not starting from love. And if love isn't our foundation, actually something else is going to be. If love isn't our motive, something else is going to be. And so we need to be able to reflect and, and look at ourselves and ask ourselves that question that what motivates me? You know, is it personal ambition? Do I want to feel accepted by God or other Christians? You know, is it my self-righteousness? Am I trying to prove my own salvation? Am I trying to get something from God? Because there always will be a motive. But the truth is, and I think what Jesus is calling us as we love is that if we start with love, then actually that love gives our service purpose. It gives our life purpose. Love becomes the compass that spurs us in the right direction. If we start with love, then we can't go wrong. If we make love our starting point, if we make loving God and loving others our priority, then we won't have to struggle with obeying God's laws, obeying God's commandments. Because from the text that we read, actually, they're satisfied in that love. If we care more about people than actually what people think about us, if we care more about them, if we're inviting people over, not so that people can say, oh, she invites people over, he does that, but actually because we care about them, then we, we won't struggle with things like gossiping. We won't struggle with things like envy or pride or jealousy because we genuinely would be happy for those people. So love actually fulfills the law. And that's why, you know, Jesus says to us, because sometimes we might feel like, I don't really know how to love someone but Jesus makes it so simple for us when he says, do to others what you want them to do to you. What we're expecting from our husbands and our wives and our friends and our moms and our dads and our co-workers, our neighbors. Actually, that's what we should be doing. 
And so we mustn't lose that motivation of love because it's our foundation. The second thing is love is our culture. You know, every kingdom, every tribe, you know, has its culture. And these are the behaviors or the customs that are most associated with those people. And so for us in God's kingdom, that culture is love. The first thing that every new believer or anyone who comes in contact with us should see straight away through our actions, through the way we relate with one another, is that we love Jesus says this in John 13, verse 34. He says, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, you must also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know, it's not by how often we come to church or whether we serve on our serving team or whether we give on a Sunday, but actually it's by our love. That's how people know that we're Christians, by the way we love others and by the way that we love God. Um, and, and the Amplified Bible describes love, defines love as an unselfish concern for others and doing things for their benefit. And that definition is so countercultural to what we see in the world today. It's so different from what, um, it's, it's so different from what the world, you know, the culture of the world, you know, because in, in the world, it's all about what can I get? How does this benefit me? If I do this, okay, so what am I going to get from that? How does this benefit me? But actually in God's kingdom, it's the other way around. It's what can I do that benefits the person next to me? You know, what do they get from it? It's not about us. You know, we have to value others above ourselves, value, value their time and their needs above us because that is love and that is the love that God calls us to. And so... An unloving Christian is an oxymoron. It shouldn't exist because a lack of love is so polar opposite to what we should be as God's children because our Father, who we reflect, is the embodiment of love and Jesus, who we follow and who we, um, and who we model our lives after, he demonstrated and he showed us what love was. Romans 5 verse 8 says, God demonstrated his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And all through Jesus' ministry, all through the gospel, we see that. We see that love and compassion was at the heart of everything that God did. And so as we model our lives after Jesus, as we seek to follow him and actually become like him, actually we do that as we love. And as we, and as we love, we then become Christ-like. And the last thing just on the point of culture is that love was one of the core themes of, of, God's, of, Jesus's, of, of the gospel and also of all the epistles after. If we look at the New Testament, you know, when Paul was writing to the Romans, writing to the Galatians, writing, you know, in John's, in John's, um, sorry, in, in, in John's letter, they keep emphasizing how important it is. Over and over again, we hear in Romans 13, 8, you know, Paul says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt of loving one another. Galatians 5, verse 14 says, the entire law is fulfilled in one decree, love your neighbor as yourself. John says, this is not a new commandment. We've had this from the beginning. We need to love each other. And so as we love, that is our culture. That's how we live. Love isn't a suggestion or something that we do when it's convenient, but actually it's how we live in the kingdom of God. And my last point is that love is active. 
And I think this is probably the hardest one because it's so easy for us to, you know, just to say that we love others. You know, I love you. It's so easy for us to say, but actually, what do our actions say? And what do our inactions say? First John 3 verse 18 says, let us not love in words or speech, but in actions and in truth. You know, words alone are not enough. Our love needs to be expressed in our actions. And this is the kind of love that God calls us to. It's a demanding love. It's a generous love. It's a sacrificial love. It's a time-consuming love. It's a love that will cost us something. But that's the love that God calls us into. And every day we're presented with opportunities to show that love, to be practical in that love. We know the, um, you know, the verse that says that faith without works is dead. If we say that we have a faith, then actually it should show in how we love others. So let's, let's not become so preoccupied with, you know, as Christians, living a life of, of, of don'ts. Like, I don't do this. Okay, I'm a Christian. I don't do this and I don't do that and I don't do that. But actually, we lose sight of what we should be doing. And so I love that in, in our key text, Jesus is saying, do to others, not don't do but do to others. He's calling us to action. Matthew 28, 19 to 20, we call that the Great Commission. God is, Jesus is saying to us, go into the world, preach the gospel. Go, it's active. Matthew 5, 13 to 16, Jesus calls us the salt of the earth, the light of the world. You know, in that last verse, it says, in the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. If we're not letting our light shine, if we're not loving in our deeds, then what are others seeing when, when they look at us? What are we reflecting? You know, we are Christ's arms and feet. We reflect the love of Jesus to those around us. And that's how they then come to know God. That's how they come to then glorify God. And so today, let's be motivated by Christ's love for us. That's sacrificial, that time-consuming, that that, that love that gives everything up, that self-sacrificial love that Christ models to us. And let's go out and actually do that. Let's go out and be that. Romans 8 verse 19 says, The creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. The world is waiting on us. And we have something to offer. Sorry. <laughs> and we have something to offer. So let's go out and be, that, and, and be that love. We don't have to wait for God to tell us personally to love that person or invite that person over or give to that person or give to the needy. No, we already have that in the Bible. We're already called to love. And so even as I close, the last thing I just want to mention because is how can we love as Christians? And you might be here this morning and thinking, you know, okay, so I know God wants me to love. I know the kind of love that he's calling me to be. But actually, it's overwhelming. How can I love like that? But the good news this morning is that in our flesh, actually, we can't love. Not the way that God is calling us to love. We can't fulfill the law of God and love like Jesus in our own personal strength. We can only do it in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And Romans 5 verse 5, as I've been preparing for this preach, it's a prayer that I've been praying constantly. It says, it says, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We don't love from ourselves. We don't love from our strength. But actually, we love first because God loves us. He pours that love into our hearts. And then we're able to give out that love. The Holy Spirit, he carries the power. He gives us the ability to love. He is our superpower as Christians. It's his work that he does in us. He changes us. He transforms us. He, cha he conforms us to look like Jesus so that we actually can love. And all we have to do actually is surrender to the Holy Spirit, is allow him to work in us. We have to be willing and obedient and when he puts those prompts in our hearts, maybe to call someone or maybe to do that, we don't question it, but we go, we obey. And as we do that, he begins to change us and we begin to live a life of love. And, I, and, and God said this, said in the last days, he will write his laws on our hearts. And I believe that we're in those days now. And so God is trying to move us from a people who just do things actually to people who are those things. And so we don't just do acts of love, but actually we are love. We carry love. We become the embodiment of love. And, um, you know, we don't have to be reminded or cajoled or we don't, we don't need a preacher to come up here to, to sort of, you know, oh, we need to love. But actually it becomes who we are. And I believe that that's God's heart for us. And so just in closing, 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 9, and I'll just ask the band to come up. It says, this says, now concerning brotherly love, you don't need anyone to teach you or to write to you because you have been personally taught by God to love one another. So this morning as we leave, I know that it is, it's, even, as, even as God was speaking to me as I was writing, it is a challenging thing, but we can live with that good news that we don't have to do it on our own. It's not up to us but actually we can depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. We can ask the Holy Spirit to help us to show that love, to reflect that love of God, not just in ourselves or to our families, but also like to the people that we don't like, to the people that, you know, the Bible says, love our enemies. And so I hope that this morning, as we've listened to it, that our hearts are stirred up. And I pray that as we go through the week, that we can reflect Reflect on what I've said today and what God really has said through me today and actually begin to desire to live that life of love, to make love our foundation, to make love our culture and to show our love and express our love through our actions. Amen. Amen.